Hello, 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 welcome. Let me grab your attention and welcome you here this evening. We're thrilled you're here. Uh, you'll notice that our stage looks a little different. We got some rugs up here. If, you, if you're sitting down here, you may not even be able to see the rugs, but we got a lot of rugs up here. And I, this is me. I don't know why the rugs are up here. I think they're super cool and they look awesome. But here's what it tells me. It tells me that this feels a little bit like a living room. And it tells me this too, that in this kind of context, when we come to worship God, that oftentimes a stage is a little bit unfortunate. It feels a little bit like we're up here performing. And when I say we, I mean they, I'm not performing anything. That there's a performance, yeah, you can clap for that. Thank you, Lord, that Jeff is not performing, yes. But it feels a little bit like we're performing and you get to participate, but really we're in a living room together and we're singing to an audience of one. We're not singing to you, we're singing together to the glory and the fame of Jesus, right? So, here's what I want you to think as you come into this space, into the living room of Perimeter. I want you to think about what's my story? And I, you hear that and you may go back to, well, my story is I was born in so-and-so and, and go from that. And certainly when we ask that question, we mean what's your story from back then until now. But here's what I want you to think about. What's my story? Meaning where am I right now in the story that God is writing for my life? What am I bringing into this room? What am I currently struggling with? What are my worries? What are my fears? What are my anxieties? What are my greatest successes? What are my greatest failures? What is it that right now, this is my story and here's what we do with that. We don't come into this place and leave all those things at the door. We come into this place and we lay them at the feet of Jesus. We come into his presence and we don't come in pretending, we come in and say, God, would you do what you do with all this and would you meet with me? and with us. And so I want to give you just a moment. We, we start our services this way, and so we want to start this service this way, where you get to take a moment, we get to take a moment, and we get to just kind of clear our minds and present our hearts to, to the Lord and say, God, would you meet with me in a significant way, and would you speak to me? What is it that he needs to say to you tonight? Would you ask for ears to hear? And would you ask him to, to prepare your heart for worship? So let's do that now for a few moments. Father, we don't come into this, this time and into this place with all of, our, all of our baggage and all of our junk and try to remember all that so that it would dampen our worship. We, we bring it to you so that it would deepen our worship. That we would know that we serve a God who wants to meet us right where we are and bring healing 
whether that be physically or emotionally or spiritually or relationally or whatever it is that we just even talk to you about in this, in this brief moment. You know our hearts. You know where our hearts are heavy. And so, Lord, we come to you and we just simply say we want to lay at your feet all of who we are. All that insinuates, all that entails, all of who we are. Father, we lay it before you and we ask, oh God, would you come and would you pour out your spirit in this place, in our hearts? And would you be glorified as we worship you, King Jesus? We thank you in advance for what you're going to do in this time before you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue in prayer, in the spirit of prayer, and allow the the lyrics of these songs to to further guide uh, our prayers for this night. So as we sing this, allow these songs to be your prayers. We fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The great Cielo at the feet of Jesus we cry holy 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 we cry holy 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 we cry quick few minutes and kind of introduce where we're going tonight. Thank you. 
as we do this, I made a, a pretty bold claim this morning, if you were here or last night. Uh, I, I said this is the most significant teaching, in my opinion, in all of, uh, of the Christian life. There could be nothing more important. Let me lay a foundation for where we'll be heading. I want you just to kind of go back in some of the remedial things of the faith that uh, probably most of us are aware of. Some of us may not, but it'll be important to be thinking about this as you hear the things tonight. Two kinds of people in this world. You know that? Two kinds of people. Uh, One is called the natural person. The other is called a spiritual person. So everyone falls in one of those two categories, natural or spiritual. If you take the natural person, let's just take that one category, the natural person. The natural person, do you know how many, how many natures that there are in the person who is a natural person? Anybody know how many natures? How many would you say? I'll give you, a, I'll give you two options, one or two. What would you say? Hmm? One. That's important to know for what you're about to hear. Those that are natural people have one nature. They're called in someone, a name of someone. Do you know who that is? They're in the person of Adam. That's very important to remember. So the natural person in Adam, one nature, a sin nature. The spiritual person is in someone else, not Adam, but in whom? Do anybody know? Christ. They're in Christ. How many natures? does a true believer, a spiritual person have? How many? They have two natures. That's the foundation. You've got to know those things. Now, there are two certainties about the people who are what we're going to call spiritual people. If you're truly a spiritual person, meaning you're a Christian, there are spiritual Christians and not so spiritual. I know we talk that way, but you're either one or the other. So you're a Christian, you're spiritual. So if you're a spiritual person, two things you've got to know about what's true of you. Number one, you have been sealed, S-C-A-L-E-D, you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, Ephesians 1.13. Number two, you are capable of being filled, F-I-L-L-E-D, with the Spirit. So let's assume we're all Christians here, we know this, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And you are capable of being filled with the Spirit. Maybe you are, maybe you're not, I don't know. But we can be, every single one of us. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Those very words. You go to the book of of Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, if you are led by the Spirit, it means the same thing, being filled with the Spirit. Then you're truly the sons of God. If you go to Galatians 5, it says in verse 16, walk by the Spirit. And then it says, if you walk by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. That's big. That's very big. What are the desires of the flesh? How about hate? You ever find yourself where you say, I just hate my enemy? I just hate my enemy. Some might feel that your enemy is your spouse. Your enemy is whoever and say, I just... I just hate the, I, I just, I just hate them. That's the deed of the flesh. Any of you ever deal with despair? Instead of joy in your life, you have despair. Any of you find yourself maybe right now saying, my, my life's hopeless right now. There's no hope whatsoever. Or maybe we're saying, 
I just have apathy. I, I just can't get out of it. I'm just, I live a life of apathy right now. Maybe life circumstances are crushing us right now. And just say, I'm in despair. Anybody here say, I'm so anxious. Right now my anxiety is so high, can't sleep at night. I just, I'm just worried all the time. How do you deal with that? It's interesting that in the book of Galatians chapter 5, just a few verses later than what we just read about, about these deeds of the flesh, do you know what it says? It says this, the fruit of the Spirit is love. You want to not hate? How do you do that? Well, you, you better have the fruit of the Spirit love because you won't be able to do it and just willpower. You can try hard, but it's just not going to work. Uh, how about the whole idea of, of joy? You say, you know what, I, I despair, I can't do it. How, how do you get joy? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. How, where do you get peace? It says, well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I've had too many people through the years, I've said it myself and had to rebuke myself when I say it, I can't do that. I need to obey, but I can't do the right thing. My response to that is, we should never say we can't as Christians. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation taken us. We're able to escape. But how? Not by the power of will, but by the power of the Spirit. It's the only way we can do it. And so my response is this, please don't say you can't if you're a Christian. You've heard me say this before. Say you won't, or maybe say, I don't know how. I don't believe anybody's here tonight who's really saying, I won't. I don't think you'd be here tonight. But you may be saying, I'm not sure I know how to find that kind of power. I use the story of, of, uh, of a bicycle uh, to explain the idea that most Christians, I think, are powerless. They really don't have the power God has availed to us. And so I, I share the idea that uh, there's, a, there's a guy in our church, he's, he's, one of our, he's one of our security guards, and he came in early one morning and he was on a bicycle. That bicycle was rather sturdy, I noticed, but uh, I said, where'd you come from? He told me where he came from. I said, that's a long way, a lot of hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do this regularly? Oh, I do it all, all the time. Absolutely. And I'm just impressed and I'm complimenting him. And he says, don't be so complimentary. I said, why? And he said, look at my bike. I look down at the pedals. I see nothing different there. I look at the handlebars. It looks all the same. I said, what are you talking about? He says, you see that little box right there by the pedals? You see the box? I said, yeah, that's a motor. He said, I've got a little button here. I hit that button. I'm going up a hill and I can't get up it. I hit that button and it takes me right to the top. I pedal only when I want to pedal. So don't be too impressed. And I heard that and I said, is that not the greatest illustration? Here we are. God, I love you. This morning I wake up and I'm telling you, God, I love you and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to obey you and I'm ready to go. Let's go, God. I'm ready, ready, ready. And we start going through life and we're riding our bike and here comes this hill of temptation and we say, oh my goodness, God, I really love you. I'm going to get to the top of that hill. And we give it everything we've got and we can't make it halfway up the hill. We get off and we feel so horrible. We say, God, please forgive me. Tomorrow when I hit this hill, I promise you I will get to the top because you're too good for me not to. I love you and I will do that. And the next time, 
Next day we get there and we give it this big run like we've never given it before. We get a little further, but we have to get off the bike. And then we feel so bad, we promise God again. And we may do that three, four, five times, but when we get off that bike at some point, never making it to the top, this is when we say, I can't do it. I just can't. And we're being sincere. We've given it our very, very best willpower. So let me close this portion asking this. When is the last time that you appropriated, consciously appropriated, the power of God's Spirit in your life? And many of us might say, I don't even know what you're talking about. And for you, you will understand it tonight. I'm convinced. And many of us would say, it's been a long, long time. And that probably means we need to be refreshed to remind it, we got to go back to the great, great power of God. It's going to be found in three words that I'm going to introduce you to in just a few minutes. Those words can be life-changing. I'm going to invite you, if you will, to stand. And let's sing at this time, Build My Life. Let's sing together.
Rejoice as though heaven had lost.
Amen. In Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, it says this. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's sing this together. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives in for me, my name is graven on his hands, my name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart, no tongue can bid me thence depart. Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within of what I look and see him there who made it into
Let me introduce those three words to you. They're found in the book of Romans, a very important chapter, chapter 6. I think it's one of the, uh, the most critically important chapters in all the Bible. But Romans 6, in the first 13 verses, you're going to find three words. <clears throat> I'm going to suggest to you that these three words are, are, are means of unlocking the full meaning of this text and even the fullness of the Holy Spirit that we're talking about. Now, as I do that, I'm going to give you the three words. The first is the word know, K-N-O-W. The second word, consider. And the third word, present. Know, consider, present. I want to hit the first two now. Then we'll sing a little bit more. We'll do a few things. And then I'll come up with the last. And we'll, uh, we'll present that. This idea of know and consider, the first two of the words. I'd like for you maybe to find an easy way to hold on to that. Think of the word Remember. See, the first part of being filled with the Holy Spirit has to do with an informed mind. It's being able to remember what's true of us and our understanding of a relationship with Christ. So the first word is know, K-N-O-W. I'm not going to read the whole text because of time, but I'm going to invite you to look at the screens. I'm going to give you three verses out of this text, verses 3, 6, and 9. Let's look at verse 3. Notice how it begins, or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Verse 6, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Verse 9, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again, death no longer is master over him. So uh, just, I'm going to make it really, really simple. You read the whole text and you'll go, yeah, what's that saying? Think of it this way. These three ideas, you have, first of all, you have died, you have then been buried, and you have been raised all with Christ. Dead, now buried, and raised with Christ. So what is death? We use the word death, we, we often, actually it means separation. The body and the soul separate, that's called death. And so there is a breaking apart of the two. He says the first thing you have to know is that you have died. Well, what is that? You remember what we introduced a few minutes ago that, that we have these, these natures and so forth? Here's how it works. I want you to think of my hand as representing me. And this hand here represents my sin nature. Remember, every Christian has a sin nature. Every natural person has a sin nature. Everyone has a sin nature. So when we are conceived into this world, I want you to think of it like this. We're bound. We are slaves, as it says in the text. We are slaves to our sin nature. So we can be moralistic, we can be religious, but I'll tell you this, we are bound to our sin nature. Everything contaminated by our own sin. But something happens at salvation. At salvation, there is the idea now that we have been, that we have been united with Jesus. So at death, this is what happens. Boom, the two are separated. And now here I am, and here is my nature still in me, but nevertheless, no longer like this as it was. And simultaneous to this happening, I don't have a third arm Imagine this one stays here. This arm comes along, and this represents the Spirit of God. Remember how we're sealed with the Holy Spirit? And this is what happens. Boom! Together forever and ever and ever and ever. Never to be separated again. 
Now I am found myself united. There's the term. We die to sin. We're united or buried with Christ. Now I'm like this with him forever and ever and ever. And then I've been raised to a whole new life than I had even now at this point. I'm being raised, 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 raised to newness of life. That's what he says that we should remember. We've got to know that that is true. I want to take you back, though, to verse 6. This is an important verse. Verse 6 says, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him. So what do you think? Just please holler it out. What do you think the old self, self is? Huh? Sin nature? All right, I hear that most. I hear that everywhere I go, and everybody's wrong. It is not a sin nature. You would think so, though, wouldn't you? Of course. Everybody would say, well, there's the, there's the sin nature. No, you know what the old self is? The old self is Randy before, before he became a Christian. And you will never, ever, ever, if I'm a true Christian, you will never, ever, ever again see me as a non-Christian. That old self has been crucified with him. But then it goes on, in order that our body of sin might be done away with. Now there is your old nature. Those are two different things. That our body of sin might be done away with. Unfortunate translation there. Whenever you find it in most Bibles, it says done away with. You read in the margin, it says actually rendered powerless. There's a good, def- a good translation. Rendered powerless. Meaning that, that now that old nature, yes, it's still here, but it's been rendered powerless. It, it can no longer make me do anything. Now I'm like this with the Spirit. This old nature, it's been rendered powerless, totally powerless. I use the best way to illustrate those wrists, those hands. That you, you see it there? Let me use the illustration of a pirate ship. Imagine that there's a pirate ship and, and there's an old captain, and old Captain Jones is wicked, bad, evil, worse imaginable. Finally, everybody says, time for mutiny. We can't do this anymore. He's too harsh. He's too bad. And so at that point, they say, okay, mutiny. So everybody's, everybody's up for it. So they charge the quarters and they take him and, and they're going to make him walk the plank that night. But the new captain has been chosen, Captain Smith. Captain Smith is a wonderful man, cares for all of the mates, just couldn't be a better leader. And so the new leader, Captain Smith, says, whoa, 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 whoa. don't make him walk the plank. The time is coming. We're going to be at shore in three days. And so in three days, we'll put him off ship forever and ever, and we'll be gone, never to see him again. But until that time, let him ride free. Well, my goodness, he has nobody on his team. He has no weapons. He can do no, no true damage to us. He doesn't have the authority. And so, guys, I want you to do this. I want you to rest. I want you to sleep. I want you to enjoy yourself for three days. So they're all laying around, they're playing cards and just doing sleep, whatever they want to do. And coming around the corner, here comes old Captain Jones. Captain Jones says, get up and swab that deck. And all of the mates, they jump up and they grab their their pails and their their mops and they're just working in the heat and they're just sweating and working and working and working. And then here comes Captain Smith around the corner. And Captain Smith says, gentlemen, 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 what are you doing? I told you you're at rest. What do you, well, we, we wanted that, but, but, but Captain Jones came up, and Captain Jones says, well, we had to clean the deck. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Do you not know? 
Do you not know that he has no authority over you now? You've died to him. You've been united to me. And you've been given a new way of life. Do you not know that? It's the very same thing. Christians are hearing, they're hearing the old nature scream out. It's still a part of us. It's been rendered powerless, but it's still there. And it screams, you must lust. It screams, you must hate. It screams, you must have anxiety. And in reality, we don't have to. We have to rely on a different power. So the word consider, which only takes a second to be able to explain. The word consider is found in verse number 11. It goes like this. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Why does he put that in there? Because it is quite, quite, quite often that we fail to remember what we know. It means to reckon or to consider. Take the information about what you know to be true about you, but now consider it. Best way I can illustrate it, back in my tennis days, I can remember playing a match of tennis and, and maybe I'm playing someone I should beat and they're just feeding my backhand, let's say, and I'm, I'm, I just can't hit my backhand. I can't figure out what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. I'm in the shower afterwards thinking, what happened, what happened? And as I'm sitting there thinking, all of a sudden, as I'm in the shower standing there, I go, ah, oh, look where I had my racket head. There's no way to hit a ball from that position. I know better than that. What in the world were you thinking? Did I learn something new at that moment? Not at all. I had to consider something I've already known. And that's what these two words mean. You consider what you know. You've died to sin. You've been united to Jesus. You've been raised up to newness of life. I'm going to invite you to pray with me now. And this is going to be just a time of confession. We want to confess our sin. And I'm going to pray to start this off. Then you confess your own sin. Let this be a time where you can say, God, I have not been thinking on the truth. Uh, Lord, I didn't even know some of this. Or maybe I have, and I haven't been considering it. And I've been thinking to myself as I am in charge, and I will make me be good. Confess that before him. And any other sin that could hinder the healing that God's going to do tonight over this body. So I'm going to invite you to pray with me and then to keep praying. Father in heaven, we come to you now and we say, hear our prayers of confession. So we ask you, would you forgive us for all of our sin? And Lord, even where we have failed to live life, knowing what you have done and considering what we've known, many of us, for a long time, hear us now as we continue to pray.
want you to say as we sing, there's no one else. as a congregation, knowing that when we come before the throne, we receive mercy and grace because of Christ. I invite you to read this with me. Most merciful Father, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Sing this with me. Yes, oh my dear.
sing about the grace of our God. The grace of God has reached for me and pulled me from the raging sea. And I am safe on the solid ground. The Lord is my salvation. I will not fear. I will not fear when darkness falls. His strength will help me scale these walls. I'll see the dawn of the rising sun. The Lord is my salvation. Who's life?
Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art! How great Thou art! Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Amen. You can take your seat. One third and final word, it's the word present. It's a, uh, an important word because it really takes us from the informed mind now to the place that we are thinking about a surrendered heart. You see, if you don't have both, there is no fullness of the Holy Spirit. Many people who say, oh, I've got an informed mind and therefore am I filled with the Spirit? No, no, no. Some people say, well, here God, here I am, but we don't know the truth upon which we surrender. The two come together. That's when we find God at work in our hearts. Verse 13, the final verse we need to look at, simply says this, and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. What is that? Well, present the members of your body. What are they? Your hands, what you do. Your eyes, what you look at, your mouth, what you say, your ears, what you listen to, your feet, where you go, uh, your heart, where your affection is, and your will. It, it's saying, God, now I just take you, my, my very being, and I'm saying, God, I surrender. It's yours. I, I'm yours fully, every single part of me, to now be instruments of righteousness. I close with this. The story that many of you have heard before. But it's, it's worth just saying it again, and if you haven't heard it, it certainly will resonate, I think. It's a story, a true story, when I was a young Christian, very young in the Lord. And there was a man in our community that I watched, a spiritual leader, that he was young, maybe 40 years of age, 35, 40. But this man walked with God like a way I had not seen. I was so awed by how yielded he was. He was surrendered. God was controlling him. I could, I could just tell. And I finally went to him and I said, I got to ask you, how? How is it that God so works in and through you to, to bring you to where you are in life? I can just tell. And that's when he asked, he said, do you do push-ups? I said, I do. He said, do you do them? Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, how many push-ups could you do a max in one, in one setting? How many push-ups could you do? And I gave him that number. He said, is that really your max? I said, I think it would be. I really do. He says, let's assume it is. And that is truly your max. And so I say, would you show me? Get down and do it. And so I'm doing my push-ups, and I get to that last push-up, and I'm just pushing and kind of shaking, and oh my goodness, and I finally get up, and I say, there I go. And as soon as I lock out, he leans down to me, let's say, and he says, Randy, I will give you a million dollars if you can do one more push-up. He said, do you think you'd try? I said, yeah. And so I do. 
I think maybe adrenaline will kick in. So I do, and I come down, and I start, and I mean, I am hurting, and I'm shaking. It takes forever and ever and ever, but am I going to make it? Am I not? Can I do it? Can I not? Will I? Will I? And then, yes, I did it. Imagine him leaning down and saying, five million dollars if you can do one more, assuming I actually could give that kind of money. You think you'd try again? I said, oh, of course I'd try. He said, let me tell you what would happen. The minute you did, you'd bend your elbows, and when you did that, your chest would hit the ground just like that. And you'd probably look up at me, and you'd say, Tom, I can't. And then he said to me, Randy, when you come to that place in your own life about your moral ability, about your ability to obey and whatever, until you come to that place and you say, I can't, but God, you can. He said, that's when you say, Lord, will you? And you present yourself to him. And then you say, God, would you do this through me? It's not that I don't try to obey. I do. But now I realize I can't with willpower. But when God's power kicks in, there is the opportunity for me. Would you stand with me? And would you pray with me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to pray. That, oh, God, would you allow me now to find you the one who's going to work in me? I surrender my heart to you. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we've considered what we know. But Lord, it's a whole new thing when we come to that place of really coming to the end and saying, I can't can't be who you want me to be. I pray now that you would be working in our hearts. We've worshiped you. We've, we've sung to you. We've, we've tried to, to see our hearts lathered in, in your presence so that, so that something might be able to happen now that in the worship of your presence we'll be able to now. And I pray that your spirit right now would come upon this place, that you would work in hearts that have been maybe hardened or maybe saying, I just don't want to, I don't know, but now for the first time say, God, I am your child. I believe that. And now I surrender. And I present to you all of these aspects. I give you my eyes, my mouth, my ears, my hands, my feet, my heart, my mind, every aspect. And oh God, as I do so, would you now find a surrendered heart and would you fill it right now? And would you enable me to be more of who you want me to be by your power? We ask it in the wonderful name of our great Savior Jesus. Amen. Stay standing. Continue in an attitude of prayer as we sing. And what can I say? And what can I do?
I have a practice every morning. Starts my day. There are very rare days that I would ever not do this. That I get down on the floor before the Lord and I pray this prayer to Him. I say, Lord, today I am resolved to consider what I know. Take those two words, I flip them around to consider what I know. And I pause for just a moment. And I say, I know that I have died to sin. I know that I've been united with you, Lord Jesus, your spirit, through your spirit. And I know I've been raised up to a newness of life. And so in light of that, Lord, I I just want to now tell you that I want to present to you my very being, who I am. I just want want to set it as an offering to you. It's the best way I know to surrender is to think of myself as on a just, you know, there on an altar before you. And with that comes my hands and my eyes and my mouth and all the things I say and do and all the things that I use with these instruments. God, I present them to you as instruments of righteousness. And then I have to be very honest and say, Lord, I know I'm not going to go very long, very far today before I'm going to pull off that altar. My hands are going to do things. My mouth is going to say things. My mind are going to think things. And and I know that's the sin nature. I, I know that I've been wooed. And, and Lord, I'm just going to come back and keep doing this and keep doing it. It's not a magic bullet. I hope you don't think of that. But it happens that you begin to learn to do that. It becomes a rhythm of life. And oh, look what I just did. And it's quicker that you realize how you took something back off the altar and you present it back to him. And say, God, here it is. And you do that. And the next thing you know, the, the time sequence between these gets maybe a little shorter. And the maturing of life becomes a little stronger. And the next thing you know, it's, it's a rhythm of life where God's Spirit is with you and a part of what you're doing. I'm far, far from the perfect model. But I know this. That's why I have to have Jesus. And so I'm going to encourage you as we now go into a time of prayer for healing. I want you to realize that it starts with the surrendered heart. James, as I taught last time we did a night of worship, He starts off very clearly when he talks about healing and he says, confess your sins, cleanse your heart. I'm telling you, if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then our hearts aren't cleansed. We have to be filled with the Spirit. So that's the foundation, we're there. Now what we wanna do is we wanna say, God, would you heal us? For some of us, we're needing physical healing. I saw people coming in tonight, I know that have cancer. I've seen people come in that have all kind of, of of issues I know as I do and you do great challenges and this is our time to beseech the Lord and say God would you heal me whether it be physical emotional relational spiritual whatever it may be I mean if you know Dr. Alb Herman Alb he's become a 
a key player in the life of this church from Guatemala. I mean, he's such a part of this church. And so many of our people have been there on journeys and come to know him and, and see the healing that God uses through him and his praying. And he stopped in my office this last week and we had the most precious time of praying together. And we were talking about healing. And he said, do you know the only difference between maybe what others that are not is involved in healing? Do you know the only difference between me and others? I said, no, what is it? He says, the only difference is I take risks. And I pray for things that never happen. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not right all the time. I, I want to see somebody healed and I pray and I believe and I think. And, but I, I just pray and, and say, God, would you do it? I believe you do. Come on, God. I said, you know what? Doesn't happen all the time. Doesn't happen most of the time, but it happens sometimes. And he says, I think that risk is just a bit of faith. Not foolish saying, because I ask it, you're going to do it, because I believe it, because I feel it. No, it's just beseeching you, God, saying, I know you can, and I'm begging you, will it do it? God says, you have not because you ask not. Let's ask, okay? Let's ask. I'm going to invite, if you will, to stand with me. All of us stand. If you can, if you're not capable, please understand that. But if you can stand, here's what I'd like for us to do. I'd like for you to allow me to pray for over you as a congregation and to pray for different things that I think God would be wanting us to be praying for that are things that we're dealing with that need healing in our hearts and lives and bodies right now. I want you to cry out to God silently as I cry out to him in a in voice, but let's all be praying. This is a time to say, God, meet us. We all have so many things that we need you to meet us in. And we're going to ask God. We will not leave this place without saying, God, it's not that we don't have because we asked not. We did. And we're going to claim if you don't give the healing that we would long to experience. God, we're going to proclaim your goodness and say, if we could see behind the curtains of heaven and see your heart and your will and your plan perfectly, we would be applauding you for not healing us. But when you do heal, we're going to applaud you as well and believe you're just as good. You're just as good. Let's bow. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we stand here as a, a group of broken and hurting people. We come here tonight because we actually do believe that you are our creator, you are our sustainer of life, you are the one and the only one that can direct our paths in whatever happens to us. We're going to proclaim whether we feel it or whether we don't that you're good, you're good, you're good in whatever you choose. We're going to applaud you because you are good. And God, we're going to ask you at the same time, we're going to plead to you right now. Some of us here have cancer. Some of us have disease and illness and all kinds of things going on right now physically. And we're saying, God, it's, I don't know that I can keep going any longer. God, we pray, heal those people. Let there be a healing right now in their, in their body. Uh, let there be uh, an amazement by the medical community to say, how could this happen? And we'll be very quick to give you all the honor. 
I pray, Father, that maybe what you're going to do with some may be choosing not to heal immediately, but you're going to provide such a presence and such an ability to be able to, to take what you do have us to walk through in this hour and to be able to find joy like we've never experienced in our entire life. And it'll be in our very worst of circumstances. I pray, Father, we would trust in you like we've never trusted before. Pray, Father, for those that are here right now that among us that say, I'm emotionally about to die. I can't keep going. My heart is broken. It is too heavy to endure. But God, I know that you know all, and you'll never give more than what we can endure, but only by the power of your spirit. And so we pray, oh God, would you bring healing, bring emotional healing to us that are broken and can't find our way. I pray, Father, for the many among us that are, are experiencing broken relationships that are bringing pain and anguish and heartache. God, come in and heal in those situations. I pray that there would be new life given to relationships, that there would be love against those that, that hurt us and despise us. I pray we would just be a people that are unique and, and walk through life saying, God, we believe you're with us. But we ask, would you give some some relationships that are broken, would you give healing to those? We cry out to you for that end. Oh God, we pray for the many of us that are saying, I just, I don't know how to follow you well. And I hear this teaching and I just don't know if that's even going to work for me. Oh God, I pray you would work for us. That we'd be a people who just find ourselves now because of your healing work, working in our hearts to allow us now to find the healing that you want spiritually in our lives. May we walk in your spirit. And I pray for some among us that may just be finding tonight revealed by your spirit that we're not really Christians. And so God, for the great healing of all healing, would you take lives and let there be this night some that come to true faith, if not yours, even this night. And we will applaud you for the greatest healing of all to actually bring resurrection from death to life. That's our prayer. God, we're going to just petition you privately. Some of us are going to find others to pray for us. You say, call upon the elders. Let them pray over you. And we're doing that in honor of your truth. We believe you. So God, in these next minutes, until we close out this evening, meet us individually. Meet us with the prayer person, whatever it is, but meet us, we ask. In the strong name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen.